Welcome to Three Devs and a Maybe, the podcast series for beginner web developers and general web enthusiasts. Now, introducing your show hosts, Michael Budd, Fraser Hart, Lewis Keynes, and Ed Mann. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Free Devs and the Maybe. And I'm your host, Michael Budd, and I'm joined by my co host, uh, Lewis. Uh, I forgot oh, sorry. Name. Lewis Keynes. Um, oh, brilliant. Good sorry, to start, Mickey. That's a bad start, isn't it? I'm sorry, man. Uh, and uh, Ed Mann. Hello. That was a rough start, wasn't it? Uh, you guys did another good job last week. Thank you. Thank you very much. Getting very good at this, just the two of you. Yeah, we don't need you. you yeah. know, you're just you're just that stopgap between. I'm feeling that way, to be honest with you. Yeah, surplus to requirement. But yeah, great job, guys. It was really good. So, uh, uh, how have you both been? Lou, that's how we yeah. <laughs> yeah, <cool. laughs> I was thinking, who's going first? Uh, I've been very well, thanks. Yeah, having a good, having a good week. Very, very busy. Uh, got um, a big kind of e-commerce project on the go at the moment that I started. Uh, back end of last week, so uh, it's been good fun. Yeah, I've been building up a lot of uh, a lot of components from scratch. Uh, it's the shopping cart and various bits and bobs. So yeah, I'm, it's uh, it's the days are the days are fun at the moment actually. So I can't nice, complain. Yeah. And you've been using Stripe, I see. I have indeed, and I and I absolutely love it. it you, I saw you, you tweeted about it a while ago, didn't you? Or put something about how easy. I did. It is. And then I mean, you didn't you that. didn't look at my tutorial. Unbelievable. You just went to uh, Jeffrey Wade, didn't you? <laughs> oh, oh, I didn't got a tutorial, out. haven't you? Oh, I yes, I did. I thought it was just a tweet. It's fine, Lou. Uh, uh, Don't worry. <laughs> Don't worry. Well, I haven't, I haven't uh, fully implemented it yet. So um, as soon as I come across the inevitable bugs, there's only <laughs> there's only one place I'm going. And one place yeah, to blame. Probably Jeffrey Way again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. It's really easy to use, isn't it? It's um, it is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, but, it's fantastic. I guess the only thing with it, though, is you have to take the payments on site, right? So you have to then worry about the security side of things. No, you don't. Not at all. No, you send oh, really? it off. No, no, you send it off. Uh, I think you can if you choose to, but otherwise you can send it off to their servers where they handle all of that and they send you back a token. But what and about the, yeah. the actual card details? Don't you have to enter them in on, on your site? Or you can actually do that on their end as well? Oh, you you, you submit the form through your site, but the, the yeah. form the form... The, the sensitive details on the form never actually hit your server. Okay. They right. just uh, you just uh, you just send them off to uh, to the Stripe servers uh, right. where where it gets all handled. And yeah, they literally, if everything goes through, then you just get sent a token back. But you're going to be yeah. good though, aren't you? In uh, HTTPS, your page. I was going to say credit card details on. Like so a, you, uh, could, you could start a middleman attack, right? Yeah, because you could. They could inject some code onto that form and then like do a keylogger type thing. So. Definitely want to HTTPS that. Well, this is probably something that, that I need to speak about with you. I mean, I've been, yeah, I mean, the security element's very relevant this week because I've been, uh, I've been attempting to hack my own stuff pretty much all afternoon and thinking, uh, getting into the mindset of uh, of a hacker and what might they be able to try and do. And it's it's kind of a minefield. You start doing one thing and then you realise, oh Christ, if they do that, they could do that. Even even down to subtle things like changing values in select, you know, in select fields and stuff like so. I want to buy this item that's worth two thousand pounds, but I want minus one of them. So then suddenly uh, you're you're owed two thousand pound in your shopping basket and stuff like that. So uh, allowing for all that kind of stuff and and building up security around that's been fun. I've been doing that this afternoon because uh, yeah, because yeah. 
making it making it myself. So it's a huge responsibility, actually, isn't it? Like it's it's pretty scary when you're dealing with sites that, that do have a lot of money going through them. Um, it is. It is definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And this is going to be quite a big site as well. It's uh, security product. So <laughs> security so, uh, for security. There we go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, nice. yeah, but uh, it's. It's a good challenge, and I, and I certainly uh, this would be a good one for the old uh, portfolio, that's for sure. And uh, yeah. I want at the end of it to obviously have something that I can show that I've made myself from scratch. So yeah, yeah. Nice. So all all good, all good. Yeah. Other than that, bit of golf. Bit of golf at the weekend. I uh, I came sixth in a competition. So well, uh, nice. Yeah, How many people. Yeah. Uh, six. Probably about sixty. Yeah, six. <laughs> <Seven>. <laughs> five. Work out five. <laughs> and the, and one of the guys pulled out. So. No, no, yeah, came came sixth. I don't know, it was about seventy odd people. So it was nice, wow, nice, nice to one, uh, nice to be getting back into the old golf vibe. If uh, if I can learn how to putt, which anyone who knows me that listens to this knows that it's my uh, my weak spot, then I then I could uh, I could be in for a good season if the early parts anything to go by, which would be nice. Nice. Have you been lost tra- any uh, any skill with a bit of timeout, or are you you still as good as you ever were, or? Uh, it comes and goes, really. I, I think yeah. it's still it's still there. It's, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's just a like case of bringing it out. Yeah, the, yeah. W- the worst thing is, um, obviously, when you don't play a lot, is like anything, is you feel rusty. So yeah. by the time you get a certain amount into the round and, the, and you've got rid of the rust, suddenly, uh, if you're, you know, your scorecard's already ruined or whatever. But so far, yeah. I haven't seemed to be too bad with the old uh, cobwebs and rust. So <laughs> fingers crossed. I've been training uh, training our, our good friend Ed in the, yeah. uh, at the driving range on Thursday night. What's he like now? I have to say... I'm a beast. He... <laughs> It's very, very. It was very, oh, very dude. funny the first few times we went. Ed could either, Ed did either do one of one of three things. He'd either miss it all together. Solid. Yeah. Uh, nice. One of four things actually. Miss it all together. Go straight underneath it and whack it up into the roof above and <laughs> make everyone uh, make everyone run for the hills. Or uh, he seems to be able to hit this shot that just goes off ninety degrees to the right. And he's a he's a left hander. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how how he hits it at that angle. It's a it's a unique skill. It's unique. Yeah. I like that unique skill. Yeah, and then, and then every now and then he hits a good one. But the last few weeks, particularly last week, you know, I think you've come along oh, big time. I was just. I want, to say, I want to say it was actually skill, but I think it was a lot of luck. But you're definitely helping me a lot there. And it's my, a lot my of fun. tuition, of course. Your tuition definitely paid for in. Uh, um, I don't really know. In uh, in web oh. in web web help <laughs> web money. Yeah, in Bitcoin. Yeah. In Bitcoin, yeah. Bitcoin, Bitcoin is still around, though, isn't it? Never really looked at it. Talking of which, did anyone have any uh, shares in uh, Candy Crush? No. What happened in Candy Crush? Didn't it float today? Did it really? Are you kidding? I think it did. That's and, like, crazy. I think this like game. crazy amounts of money. Has anyone? Uh, have any of you played it? No. Yeah, me neither. Have you played it, Lee? No. No. I can oh. honestly say I never played. That's that. crazy. All three of us haven't played it. Yeah, but then I, can't. I see people in the pub, like my local spoons, and I look back, like, and on their phone they're playing Candy Crush with a pint in their hand, and I'm like, something went wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a, there's another f- uh, social media phenomenon that's been uh, that I've picked up on recently. I can't understand why people are doing this. You MySpace. Get, uh, no, no, no. People who are downloading games onto their phone or whatever, struggling with it, and then posting it to Facebook asking for help. What to download? Like, who's doing it? Leo, like, I'm I'm stuck with this oh, word. Oh yeah, the word games. Yeah, like the pictures. It's like because everyone gives a damn about guess your the emoji. <laughs> guess the emoji. Yes. Um, emo- yeah. Oh, that is so annoying. Who are a 
why why are you, you know why are you posting this online and b you know why are you posting this online i can't remember what my that, second that, question that, that, is be. it's so relevant it's said twice it's such a funny thing to do i swear that the the powers of uh, facebook are, and social media are being used more and more incorrectly i think yeah <laughs> And in weird, weirder and weirder ways. Well, they just, they bought, didn't they buy another company? They bought a, like, artificial AI company kind of thing, doing 3D gaming or some weird thing today. Oh, no. Uh, virtual reality company. Yeah, that's it. It's like... Two billion? Or two million? I don't know. I'm One of those. I mean, a billion and a million, they're all the same to us. Uh, two billion. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. They're and just buying everything. Candy Crush floated for £302 million. Pounds. Or six point two five billion dollars. Oh wow! No, that's, hang on, that's that's huh? not right, is it? Hang on, three point eight billion pounds, six point two five billion dollars. That's crazy. That can't be right. Surely that's just yeah, it is. Wow, that's insane. <sighs> so, so when, do you think gonna sky, when do you think they're going to plummet? Just like ridiculously. Well, they it drops by eight hundred and fifty million within the first few minutes. Basically, wow! Uh, that figure again, Lou. It's six point yeah. two five billion dollars. <laughs> Do you know? What I'm I'm picturing because um, I'm picturing Doctor Evil. Yeah, with, with the with the old little finger to the lip, like he goes three point five billion dollars. <laughs> and he's got his sharks lasers. And I think we need to get a picture of you on the three dev Twitter feed site doing that, <laughs> and then people will know oh, why it's funny. <laughs> Me and Lou will be dressed up as, as uh, sharks with lasers on. Oh God! Yeah, you have to have watched Austin Powers if uh, if you didn't, then that would yeah. uh, be a bit random. Good film. But what do you guys think of um, Snapchat? Oh no, that's you another weird thing. It is another really weird thing. I don't understand it at all. It's really just for people who are a bit dirty-minded. Is it? Is really? it for that? It's not for people genuinely like having conversations. I think via maybe people. it is. I mean, it is. But you hear all the stories of just like a boss sending a, a picture he probably shouldn't have to a work colleague, etc., yeah. etc. And then I'm it's in. like because it's like, and then like they screenshot it. But now I think the app actually knows if you screenshot it or not, and it can just say they can do some weird stuff. I don't know sure how it can though, because all people used to do is they would, when they got the picture, if they're like, I like this picture, they would just do a screenshot, and obviously it's exactly the same as saving it. So. Yeah, I think Facebook have got own part of that now as well, don't they? They probably just buy it. They get bored. They're like, they you know what? Anyone's actually kicking up a little bit of a fuss. Let's spy them now. Yeah, do, do the Microsoft it, thing. On it must. It must take more time than sending a text message. So it must take far more effort. Well, it's like WhatsApp, isn't it? I mean, yeah. Oh dear. Well, we went off on a tangent there, didn't we? Yeah. Wild. Sorry. Yeah. Um, no, that's good. It's all good. Rock and roll. Lou, uh, not Lou. Sorry, Lou. Um, Mickey, yeah, yeah. I saw you on uh, Saturday, didn't I? What? Yeah, he did. Yeah, yes. what? what? <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah. What? <laughs> we had a little meet-up in Faversham. We did. When, yeah, uh, a, Lou was off golfing, and we were off just sitting in spoons in the morning having a breakfast. Drinking like pros. Well, Actually, we didn't. We, we, had, had, we had literally, a, an, a, you and Orange just had a black coffee, so yeah, definitely yeah. pros. And you asked for black pudding. Oh, did ask for black pudding. And they said so, no, and they slapped you. Anyone who's not living in the UK and listening to this is thinking, what the hell is yeah, black pudding? Yeah, what is right? black pudding? Maybe. But it will all sound normal as soon as we tell them what it is, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, so of course. And, and more advertising. Basically, it's like offal cooked in blood. Is that, is that a good description? I, I know it's got blood. And the idea of black is because of that's just... Blah. Yeah, yeah. It, but, it, uh, it, is, it is a northern thing, isn't it? Not really. I say it's more of an English thing. Oh. Lou, what uh, about you? 
I have no idea. I've I've never I've never really wanted to try it because I I hate the idea of eating congealed blood. <laughs> Just yeah. blood. You have blood. The idea. Have you ever, See, have when you, you say it like that, it sounds weird. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> you say black pudding, and it's like, oh, that's appealing. It's fine. Yeah, it's a pudding, and it's black. Oh, it's not dear. like that. But uh, we had um, a little bit of fun with Go, didn't we? We did, and. Hack. hack hack as well yeah which was quite interesting went through their little tutorials just to see what's going on and i, I, I mean yeah. i'm impressed by hack i was i mean very i love the name yep. so to the audience if they don't know if you've been living under a rock for a week facebook unleashed their php kind of what super set i would kind of call it language where it's got what it can do everything php can do but also it adds stuff like static typing so you you can say this returns an integer these parameters, I require an integer parameter or Boolean parameter and stuff. It also like added in stuff like nullable types. So similar to how Haskell has maybe and Scala has some, it allows you to have this getting away from the problem of null. Null pointer exceptions are, I'm sure Mickey, yeah. you had this in Java, are horrible. Yeah. So it deals yeah. with that. And yeah, it was really interesting. It's called hack, which is another funny thing, just because obviously, you know, it's built on a hack. But um, yes. it's been interesting with the comments on hacking news and stuff because certain people are like, "Well, why are you building on a rubbish language? Why not, write, you know, use a new language?" And it's like, "Well, PHP, you know, it, they've got all their code base. It's probably easier for them to write a new language on top of the language they've got now than rewrite all their source code that they have." And I think it was quite interesting that they were saying, like, you know, PHP on its own was a great language to start off with, but over time and, and the development needs, they, I think they like push like. I think it's like 70 times a day. I could be wrong to live uh, mm. certain bits of it. So they need a language that, you know, deals with these things like with static typing and helps them out with these common problems. And, you know, it's, it's interesting. It is interesting, like a language. Um, Can I just say, you're a complex man. Because, why is that? you know, you start banging around, oh, I love Python, I love Python. <laughs> and, you know, oh, I hate Java, I have to declare data types, blah, blah, blah. As soon That's... as it comes to something with PHP and it's something a bit different, like, yeah, great, let's get uh, data types in. Only because, look, on, on Sun Saturday, I made it an effort just to annoy you. <laughs> Much like your cool, what was it, uh, what is it, just... Uh... Shooting the breeze, which is the worst saying <laughs> yeah. in the history of the world. Please, please elaborate on this. Oh. What's been going? Where is this originated, and why is it? Why is it all I'm hearing now? What is I just it? started introducing it into my lingo, just casually, like on a once a month type basis, and it turns out it really annoys Ed. So naturally, <laughs> by that I was like, "Don't say that again." And I just say it all the time, and then Ed was like, "Well, what's it mean?" I'm like, well, "I haven't got a clue." So we Wikipedia'd it, <laughs> and no, we didn't. We went on Urban Dictionary, yeah, right? which is even worse. And it just said. Uh, description was basically outside lamping, shooting the breeze. Um, so I, I really don't know what it means to be honest with you. I think it's just like talking rubbish, basically. But uh, yeah, I'm just saying it a lot just to irritate Ed, basically. So all our audience of one, if you say that to me, I'll yes. give you a hug. Yes, if you tweet Ed and say you'd like to shoot the breeze for him sometime, I will love you forever. <laughs> oh, no, please no. Um, but yeah, have... there we go. I have your um, your Twitter feed in front of me, Mike. Uh oh. <laughs> yeah. And uh, we we have this phrase uh, being used quite a lot here. We <laughs> shooting the twenty third yeah, of March, just shooting the breeze in Maidstone. How was AM two? And uh, and then on the twenty fifth, I like shooting the breeze with the PayPal support guys. <laughs> and uh, and then uh, earlier on today, looking forward to shooting the breeze with you guys. Oh, so it's just continually trying to bring this in. Yeah, and uh, and I also I have an email from Saturday about future podcast material and uh, first line of that hi all me and Ed have just been shooting the breeze. 
So I, I figure I better I better ask about what this actually means if, if it's going to be uh, used on a regular basis. See, do you remember? I don't know if you witnessed this, Lou, but basically when we worked to, um, together, uh, the uh, place we used to work together, uh, yeah. I Edward used to have his paper in a really oh. straight pile just to cater for his OCDness, <laughs> and I would just go over and basically rotate the top piece of paper by two degrees <laughs> and wait see how long this would not Ed annoy me lasts. at all yeah um, uh, so I, w- I wouldn't be waiting thinking he's not gonna look he's gonna look and then yeah. wait and li- yeah i have a bit of a petulant child if i know someone could be wound up easy <laughs> yep just go for mike you know, it's so funny you say that actually because i remember one time i went i went um went round to ed to ask him about some stuff and i um i went to write some notes and i and i took the top sheet of paper off of his pad <laughs> Oh, and the no. look he gave me was so bad that Ed, you remember this? Didn't I apologise to you later on? Didn't I? I don't remember. I don't think I remember. So, but yeah. I'm, re- I'm really, I'm really sorry about just taking that piece of paper oh. without asking you because you look, you looked that absolutely livid so with me. And I thought oh, I've taken a liberty there. Uh, later in the show, we will have web-related content. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> How was your week, yeah. Mickey? I'm trying to delay that by as long as possible. <laughs> Yeah, um, my week has been good. Uh, yeah, Saturday was really good meeting up with you. That was uh, pretty cool. But what do you think of Go, by the way? We might as well add that in now. Go, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I what thought is it, it was. First of all? Okay, yeah, good point. So <laughs> it is Google's language that they brought out. Um, and basically, it. Well, it's been around for a few years, right? I think so, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, and they've been using it quite, you know, a lot in their stack, so. Yeah, I first heard about it because in my university module for concurrency, they mentioned using Go because it, I won't go into detail, but basically it uses like channels and things to, um, uh, to, to help with concurrent programming. And so me and Ed had a little play with it. And uh, I think in being Google, it would be very, very kind of modern, very almost maybe different from anything else we've seen. But it, to me, it looked very, very dated, like straight away. And like the syntax wasn't very nice for me and in some ways it wasn't very different to a lot of things I've used but uh, yeah I, I wasn't that impressed but the channel stuff was cool that's the only thing I would say the channel stuff was very cool but again I, I've not replayed with Erlang I've only replayed with Occam Pi um, with like the channel style processing and everything so um, yeah I mean I guess we didn't play with it enough to really fully evaluate it but um, I, I wasn't a fan to be honest what about you? It's, weird, it's very C-like, like obviously yeah. a lot of languages are, but it kind of gets some bits. It's, what annoyed me, and I, I probably shouldn't, and I'm sure you get used to it, is the whole uh, they 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 did the I think they did it similar to what Hack does and like Scala and Pascal do is that the the data type comes after the variable name. Yeah, that was weird. But it, that's okay. I don't mind that if you put a colon yeah. after the variable name, but instead they just use a space. Yeah, I want that signifier, the colon to me, because we're very used to reading key value pairs with colons, you know, like in JSON and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's easy to read like that. But this, it was like they just used a space delimiter and that was weird. And yes. I'm sure you get, I'll get used to it, you know, but it was just one of those things that like, that's weird. Yeah, very weird. I guess if anyone's listening and they want to look at it, I would say, I don't know what you think, but I would probably skip most of the tutorials till they get to the chapters bit and just have a little play with that. Just, you know, a little like half an hour play. Because yeah, uh, they don't cool. have classes, do they? No, it's very. Oh, well, it's very uh, JavaScript, like we prototype. Well, it's not even prototypical, really. But the idea is that you just uh, add to an object and stuff. So it's yeah. quite. It's quite an interesting language. Like, and I'm sure because it's got Google's backing, it will be around for a while. And 
you know, I'm not I, convinced. I don't know. Yeah. I can't see it go anywhere, but maybe I don't know. It's it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, my week to be honest with you, yeah, it's just uh, same old, same old. Just oh, just cramming out. I've got an assignment in for next week, so that's pretty crazy. But uh, that's for um, artificial intelligence. So that's all like learning about genetic algorithms and uh, and I have a link which I showed Ed briefly before yes, the show. Very but cool. Lou, you have to have a look at this as well. And um, I'm obviously worried that people can't actually see this, but we will put this in the show notes. But I'll send this to Lou now so you can see. But for anyone who's listening, basically this uh, a guy who's written a genetic algorithm and it takes a picture of the Mona Lisa. Um, the Mona Lisa? The Mona Lisa. And uh, basically it's this genetic algorithm to try and make a picture that's as closest match as it possibly can. So if you check out the link and you basically want to hit the button that says evolve and you'll see this picture slowly come together. Obviously don't expect to see a pixel perfect picture. That won't happen, but you'll see the program trying to get it as close as possible. And the cool thing about this is as well, it's just using JavaScript and canvas. That's so cool, isn't it? The web stack technologies to, uh, well, that's the thing. And like, and this just shows, doesn't it? Like, cause JavaScript is really respected in the academic world now, isn't it? You know, it's, it's not a, a language to be sniffed at. By right. any, uh, in the in the, yeah, the business world, it's not a toy yeah. language anymore. It's no, no. certainly, and I think it's one of those languages where obviously there are some bad parts to it, and then you've got yeah. the good parts. But the whole thing is that it's in so many browsers, it's on so many you know platforms now. You're yeah. going to have to use it. You're going to want to use it. Yeah, this is insane. It is, isn't it? It's amazing. When I saw it, I had the exact same reaction you just had, Lou. It's just, I couldn't believe what I was seeing, really. Just watching it being put together is just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It makes just... it, I've, I've looked at HTML5 cameras a few times, but not for a little yeah. while. It makes me want to go back to it again, because there must be so many, many cool things that you can do on it like this. Well, you know, I mean, I won't go into detail, because this is a series really for beginners. But, um, but yeah, this is just basically, it starts off with one thing, and it just makes loads of mutations, and it... It, it checks to see out of those mutations which is the best and then it takes that and it makes more mutations from that one and just keeps going and going and going and going until it, you know, well, it'll go forever, I think, but um, unless you told it to cut out. But uh, yeah, I'll just keep going and trying to get a better fit all the time. So um, yeah, if anyone who's just, you know, okay, they don't want to know all the detail but just want to, from a very kind of high level, have a look at it, just go to that link and play with that. It's pretty cool. Mm. So yeah, I've got my assignment in for that uh, for next week, which is using genetic al- algorithms. So uh, yeah, pretty pretty stressed out to be honest with uh, busy work and busy uni stuff. But um, yeah, I really can't complain. What about you, Edman? Good, Good man. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've got a couple of links. Yeah, that I'll throw your way. Um, the PHP UK conference, UK conference that we missed annoyingly this year, but hopefully next year we will go. We will plan to go. Okay. It happened yeah. in London in Feb- early February, and obviously I'm really bad with dates. Mickey doesn't <laughs> believe in the calendar, so um, <laughs> so yeah. But uh, they they uploaded all their all their videos onto YouTube. Right. So I'll put that in the, in the show notes. I haven't actually re- re- watched any of these ones yet, but last year's ep- uh, videos, so the only thing to go by, were really good. And yeah. uh, and they talk more than just about PHP. They talk about Angular JS, you know, the web stack stuff. So it's it's an interesting thing. Just to have a look and. Yeah, it'd be quite cool to go to a conference like this because I'll be trying. I'm trying. I'm trying to arrange it where because I, I don't know about you. It's like going on my own would be quite intimidating. I feel. Oh but yeah. Definitely. Going with a couple of people, at least then you're like, well, even if it turns out to be a bit, you know, rubbish, you could be like, well, we can just have a couple of drinks and a laugh ourselves. So, 
Well, let's try and plan it for next year then. Yes, definitely. Uh, and if anyone yeah. in the uh, three Desmond Movie universe wants to come as well, go for it. Yeah, that'd be uh, that'd be pretty cool. But definitely, like uh, us four. Uh, yeah, I should say Fraser's not here. Yeah, completely. Where is Fraser? Fraser? What has happened with Fraser again? I think he's got an exam, hasn't he, for his uh, flower arranging? Yeah, flower pretty, arranging, indeed. Yeah, pretty sure. Floristry so, uh, exam. Yeah, I hope that goes well, Fraser. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I believe he'll be back next week. Yeah, and that's what he said. Oh, he it, he right. sent a, a tweet, like an Instagram picture. Did he? Yeah, where he was like sleeping on the boat. So I don't know whether he'd done a trial run or a trial test, you know, on the boat. So I feel like we should listen like, to him more when he's telling us about he's this. It's like James I, Bond, you know, isn't it? Pretty much. It's just yeah, just yeah. sitting around doing his thing. Yeah. Um, he's sorely missed anyway. Yes, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've got, uh, so again, we've got Hacklang, it's another one, which is good with that language we're talking about. And then also a framework called Shield Framework. So. With the discussion, because we're going to go, so we went through the first top ten, uh, top five uh, security web application problems that arise in the world. Uh, we're going to go through the next five, and I was looking this week for um, like examples in the PHP world to kind of get an idea of like, okay, well, it's cool, we've got this, but you know, how do I implement it in an application I have? And this guy on GitHub, and I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, has released a, a framework. It hasn't been updated in a couple of years, but. I'm looking at source and stuff, it's still relevant. And he went through the top 10, made a web framework that's based on that. So it'd be quite interesting. I thought, Lou, definitely for you, maybe to have a little look to reference to see, you know, what you could add or, you know, what you want to make different in your own framework. Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm going to be doing. Nice. That's Uh, it for me. How about you do it? You two got any uh, picks of the week? I was just going to ask you, who were the big speakers at the um, PHP conference? Any big names? I have no idea. Last time it was Rasmus last year, but I don't think it was this year. It would be odd if he did make an appearance, I guess, being the uh, you know the father of PHP. Which well, weird, actually. That's another thing. Actually, before I go, I, I was listening to PHP Town Hall. Yeah, um, I've listened to a couple of their the recent episodes. The one with Jeffrey Way, which is very good, and that one brought up this whole uh, what is it BDFL, which is the belligerent dictator for life thing about Laravel, yeah. and it brought up this whole Ted Rotter thing. <laughs> I'm not going to mention you know that, but it was interesting to talk about, like because PHP isn't like Python, who's got Guido, who literally controls what happens in that language. He just says, like, this is what's happening and that's it. You know, he, mm. he puts his foot down. Like Linux, actually, with Linus Tolvar, you know, it has to all go through him. In PHP, he's kind of given up access to, you know, the people vote on the system. Yeah. To be a d- democracy. Crazy guy. Um, and, yeah, so, you know, more of a democracy. So a lot of the things that, and I was looking at his uh, acceptance for, like, because they do, so they do P, um was it released for um, comments, RFCs, and looking yeah. at what actually he accepts, like, you know, votes for yes. Yeah. They're quite few and far between. So the, what he would want the language to be is completely different to what it actually is now, I think. Or maybe really? Not words. Yeah, well, interesting that, you okay. know, some of the things he wouldn't want to have added, but because obviously people wanted it, you know, the, the majority wanted it, they were added. So it's quite interesting, different ways of controlling a language. I should just mention at this point, actually, uh, we are in deep negotiations with Taylor Otwell about him coming on this show. So, um, we'll by keep deep, your... you mean a Twitter, a tweet? But that yeah. to me is, is a deep is a deep negotiation. <laughs> he uh, he's asked us to send us some information on what we want to podcast on. So, actually, if anyone's got any ideas for what Taylor could come on and talk about, uh, let us know because uh, he wants to know. And depending on what we go back to him with, he will you know that he'll cast cool. a decision upon. So. Uh, yeah, it'll be, be really good to get him on. And I've also been speaking to um, a manager at Skype about uh, coming on as well. That would so, be cool. And he's um, trying to get him to come on and talk about test-driven development. So um, 
and, and agile maybe because uh, being Microsoft company, they are massively into agile. So um, yeah, what's the space on that one, I guess. Very cool. Uh, uh, interesting. Another thing on the podcast, because I do recommend a PHP town hall for like list is yeah. uh, Joe Watkins, who the guy who made P threads. Oh really? So, okay. and he was, he mentioned in one of the podcasts, he was like, uh, Phil's mate said, Oh, where are you from? He said, Ken. So me being sad, I Googled him and you never guess which university he went to. Canterbury. Well, Kent, yeah. University oh. of Kent, got a PhD. Really? So, yeah, so he's from, from Kent. So I was actually interested. I'm going to see, maybe if I had to give him a tweet, if he'd be up for coming on the podcast. He's, be he's doing a lot of things, like with the extendable P-threads. He's done a PHP debugger. Like the so new he one single-handedly been... made that library, the P-threads library? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. That's... Yeah, and and, uh, and then helped make the debugger. I think he started off the debugger, which is going to be like an extension on X-debug. Well, not extension, but an alternative that does it a different way. Um, and he's, definitely and get contact his, with him then yeah and, awesome. and his github profile is awesome for, especially on like I'm looking at learning ex, you know PHP extension making so it's quite interesting to see how he makes them and stuff because there is a lack of documentation for it yeah wow that's really cool how about you Lou any any picks any uh, anything for this week the the biggest the biggest one um, is messing around with Stripe this week, really. Which yeah, yeah. yeah, which I mentioned. That's that's actually the first time for a little while that I've um, properly messed around with anything new. So yeah, so that's uh, a tutorial, wasn't it? It, it was usually. that was where I where I started from. Yeah, the um, I, no, it was Laracast actually. It was okay. oh. uh, Jeffrey where he used to do um, NetTuts. But yeah, Laracast, which uh, which I pay like ten pounds a month for the subscription, and it's brilliant. There's so much content on there and. It's not all specific specific to Laravel, but even the bits that that are, you can still translate it to whatever you want to use. It's just, I think uh, I think I'll invest that money more in Jeffrey Way than anything else because I think he's just a really really good person to learn from. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, he does come across as very genuine, very sincere. Actually, he's he's yeah, he's pretty good. Yeah, definitely. That's... But yeah, Stripe itself, um, you know, for it for for a for a first crack at like learning about making a. A program that uses something like that. I mean, and yeah, in a day and a half, I've I've pretty much made a made the best part of a shop, to be honest. So that's I mean that's how quick and quick and easy it's been to work with it. How so, long yeah. did it take you to uh, set up PayPal, Mickey, that time? Uh, I think about a week. Yeah, and time. how much documentation did you have to read and reread? And... Um, you know what? I think it was like a hundred page document, and I I just needed one page actually. <sighs> but like knowing where to go to yeah. the first time, once you've done it once, you can do it again easy. But the first time, it's horrible. That's it. I think it's changed since the first time I did it. I think from what I've heard, the documentation is a lot better now. Um, but yeah, it's truly horrible compared to Stripe, which is just a walk in the park. It really is. Am I right in thinking the way that the, the only downfall of Stripe is the fact that they take a bigger cut? Because I think I mentioned it's that like two, two, three percent. I think which isn't isn't that. Isn't and what's that PayPal? Bad. Do we know what PayPal is? I don't know what PayPal. Uh... I don't know. Because if, if they if they if that isn't a disadvantage, to, I, I don't know why people would even bother using it. Well, I suppose think, PayPal is because it's a big name, isn't it? Well, that yeah, you instantly get their reputation, and um, also you get the simplicity of being able to post to their page directly without having to go through typing information at all in your site. Hundred percent. I think that is a huge thing. To be honest with you, um, can't can't Stripe do that? Then isn't there an option to do that? Or not that I'm aware of, but I don't know. I could be. Could be wrong there, but I you, you've worked with a couple of paper um, game worlds, haven't you? You've got PayPal, Stripe, Surge, Sage Pay. Uh, I've done quite a few uh, Sec Pay, World Pay, um, 
Uh, yeah, I think WorldPay, SecPay, PayPal, uh, Stripe. I think they're my main four. I think. And how many of them have you had to ring up customer service to solve a problem? Pretty much every single one. So if I don't <laughs> think there really is one for PayPal, I don't think there's really many people you can speak to. No, well, you I, just have I, to submit a ticket or something, don't yeah, you? And, uh, every yeah. time I've had a dispute there, I've had to raise it via the website in writing and wait for them to come back to me, which can be infuriating. The best I've had in terms of support was SecPay. They were absolutely brilliant. Like, pick up the phone and they were really, really helpful. Um, but yeah, it's it's not a fun experience, is it? Ever playing with pay, you know, payment gateways? It's scary because it's money. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, yeah. Like, um, I had to, actually had a funny thing today where I was on a website ordering some uh, tickets, and I went onto their website, and what they did was what we were talking about, where you know they just go off to PayPal to uh, you know post, you know, just post them out, and then you go into PayPal, log in PayPal, and purchase that way. But yeah. I was looking, and I was like, hang on a minute, this guy's in sandbox mode. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so and I, like, I sent him a tweet and everything, and it, you know, just so he got his web dev guy on it. But yeah, it was kind of like, yeah, you're in sandbox mode. You oh. definitely don't want to be in sandbox mode. <laughs> yeah, all that yeah, kind the, of stuff. The orders are rolling in, but why aren't we making any money? Yeah, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah we've had that before. Um, yeah, but all that stuff, playing with um, you know IPNs and stuff, it's just oh, IPN. So yes, the callback thing. Oh, that's yeah. You used to have fun, though, didn't you, with that client uh, at the place we used to work at? Do you remember? Oh, I, I had, yeah, because I, I made the pro, well, the 3D uh, <laughs> secure thing or something to make it so you could do car payments. That, was, that wasn't that was fun. Yeah. That was a pain. I mean, anything that makes it easier, like Stripe, is gold. It really is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How do you um, handle payments using Magento, Mike? Because you use that sometimes, don't you? Um, can you use yeah. whatever you want or, or is there something that they build in or well I've kind of been brought in at the end of projects just to like um, tweak little bits or hack things basically but um, the language Whee. I think there's I think there's certain things like PayPal you know you can literally just click on and then send to the details and then for other payment gateways I think you can get like um, plugins to bring them in um, but yeah I, I'm not enough of a Magento expert to really comment but um I think that side of things is fairly easy. Again, as long as you don't need to change anything that goes on. But yeah. some stuff I, I've had an absolute nightmare with, with, like the Magento core code, just things like rounding VAT, that kind of stuff, is can be can be a bit tricky. But um, yeah, I wouldn't I, I, I wouldn't recommend Magento at this point. To be honest with you, you how, use, how is oh. the core code for Magento written? Is it object oriented or is it? Yeah, actually, I mean, this thing, I wouldn't slate it from that perspective. I think the code is actually good. Um, I don't like it because it, I think you need to have to, you need to know a lot of the code base to understand what's going on. And there's a lot of code there. A lot like of WordPress. Code. Yeah, yeah. I, I'd yeah. say probably like 10 times more than WordPress, though. It's, it's oh, God, really? Huge amount. So I've literally just got the company to buy a book on Magento, which I'm going to read at some point. But there's a lot going on. And, and once you understand the, because it, it uses MVC infrastructure so it's built on zen framework and once you understand it it's not too bad you basically got like a community folder a local folder and a core folder and the idea is that like anything you put in like community or local kind of overwrites the core so that is quite nice that then you're not you know you're not overwriting the core but you know i'm guessing i can hear edman screaming out loud here about you know code duplication but um yeah <laughs> no, that's a good no you're right though that is it's, not nicer. I would prefer to have duplicated code over, yeah, yeah that kind horrible of horrible spaghetti code. Yeah, 
I mean, yeah. it's interesting. With their Zen framework, do you know if they've kind of broken away from the Zen framework branch or they still work? Like, have they, they made their own version of Zen framework kind of? I think, and there might be some agenda developers out there screaming at me, but basically, from what my experience, like you can see a very clear separation between the Zen framework and the Magento folder. So they are, you know, kept separate. That's cool. That's cool. And then I think it's just the Zen that's doing all the routing and all that kind of stuff. Because it's very easy if you're bundling these things to be like, well, we can now just bundle the Zen framework with it and tweak some bits, but then you're stuck yeah. with that version and it makes it a lot harder to break away and update. Yeah. I think, Lou, you would like it because it, it almost follows like a HMVC pattern. In fact, I would say it does. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say it. I think it does because everything is like a <coughs> excuse me separate folder. And then within those folders, you've got the controller models in there. The views are kept separate. They're like all out on their own, but the controls and the models are in like separate like module folders. Yeah. So, yeah. I might, I might have to check it out. I mean, do you use it for other CMS purposes or is it purely, purely shop-based? Purely shop based, yeah. Right, yeah. so you would plug it into another site, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Is it so, easy to plug into another site? Like having that idea of like, you know, this is the store part, and then I want the same type of thing, but with a hmm. CMS. I've not really tried. Uh, like I said, I've only really come at the end of projects, but I'm, I would hazard a guess and say no, it would be an absolute yeah. nightmare. Yeah, but um, that makes a lot of sense. You probably want to have like. Why would you just not? Why not use WordPress for everything? You know, it has its own e-commerce like, platform. If I had my. Hey. De- if I had my way, we would. Everyone exactly. would use WordPress. Just but, WordPress. Uh, you know, I'm just waiting for that that dream to happen. <laughs> that magical day. Yeah, when, yeah. When hell freezes over. <laughs> um, uh, anything else? Any other picks or anything from anyone? Not from... No, no, not from me. I'm good too, actually. I've got some picks at the end, but that's to do with the yeah. uh, web security stuff, so hold One on One thing I was going to say, which is kind of not security related, maybe, but... You know, I, someone said to me today, and I don't know why I've never thought of this before, but like, you know, you use like capture uh, type things to stop spam coming through forms. Yeah. Well, he just like adds a um, hidden input field. And then if it's filled in, he rejects it because basically a human can't see it, but a, a, a bot uh, will. bot words. It's like a. Oh, I know what they call. Do they call that? They call that the honey trap thing, don't they? Is that what it is? I think I there's what, a name for it. Yeah, I, but you're I've right. That, I've, I've never used it, but I have the honey trap where it's like they oh they they provide like a email. Maybe they've got email, and then they've yeah. got a hidden one called address or something. Right. And people but, think oh you know or name, and they're like ah, but if you input that, we know you faked it. Yeah. There's a clever yeah. way of doing it actually. But I'm guessing some bots have kind of caught onto that, and they can kind of detect what's hidden and what's not. I suppose for high ah, that's true actually as well. But then I suppose. I don't just know. check the attributes. Yeah, and... I mean, it, it, that's it. They bother going through loading because normally all they do is just do a crawler and just do post requests, like just sending. Yeah. So that's interesting. That I like that. Then honey, I like that. There. I like the principle of that idea, though. It's a lot simpler, isn't it? To be honest, yeah. uh, there's got there's got to be a myriad of of simple ways of preventing it, and that being yeah. one of them. And the capture things just look really tacky to me. I hate. They're hate so over, and and because pain, aren't they? and because people yeah. and because like all these programs can now read them. They yeah. have to become harder and harder and harder. And now it's like they're impossible to decide for yourself. You're guessing all the yeah. time. So, you know, they've they've lost their purpose. I mean, there are some interesting ones. Like I know I remember seeing a service that did like icons. You right. know, it says, you know, please, you know, and they'd give you a name like a like, please click the apple and the and you'll be able to click on these icons. And yeah. obviously it'd be harder for a computer to be able to work out what they, you know, and they were a little bit, you know, right. blurred or made. So 
kind of, but again, it, it adds more complexity and makes it harder for the user. So something like a honeypot thing, if, if that works in practice as well, it's quite, quite cool. Yeah, yeah. quite interesting. Uh, okay, well, I guess if everyone uh, has finished talking about their picks and stuff, we're quite a long way into the podcast. So I guess we should probably move on to our main content, I guess, which Go is a continuation of uh, your guys' topic from last week, which is web security. So Absolutely. I guess, shall I hand over to you at this point to, uh, to lead us? I guess. Me? Did you listen to our podcast yet? I'm going to put you, you know in the bad. Yeah. Ah, oh, this is bad. You know what? I've listened to like the first 20 minutes of both your your guys' solo podcasts, and I just I'm waiting for some free time to catch up. But I will. I promise. So you, told, right. you said to us earlier on what a great job we did. Yeah. How do you? Yeah. Know? On the first, first he obviously minutes. didn't hear what we said about him at the end. <laughs> did he? I know exactly. I was thinking that 20 minutes we were pretty tame, and then we just went into it. I'm not going to lie, I've been rumbled here. It I really all... have. That's <laughs> um... <laughs> all right, mate, don't worry. Um, so, yeah, so we we did the first the top five last week, and then yeah. we're going to wrap up the, uh, the the next five. Um, sure. So these are going to be a little bit more vague, probably a little bit less. You know, like we went through the injections, we went through the cross-type scripting attacks. You know, these are the things, those are the ones that definitely you need to hit the nail on the head with your site. Um, yeah. the, the sixth one is sensitive data exposure. Um, and it's quite a difficult attack vector uh, because it requires like uh, a lot of knowledge of the network, so you'll be able to get onto the network and sniffing the network and stuff. Um, yeah. But it's actually a very dangerous one because it allow you know if the per- if the attacker can get onto the network and see what you're doing, especially if you're not using stuff like SSL um, and you're not using HTTPS and stuff, yeah. they can moder- uh, they can moderate and manipulate the data being sent across the network and cause you know a lot of harm. So, uh, what, a couple of things is you know like login Can I ask pages. A very, uh, very like almost simple question. Different. Does does HTTPS does that completely cut out the uh, the chance of a, a man in the middle attack? Yes. Beyond any shadow of a doubt. Without well, yes. In my from my, what I feel, yes, uh, because because what that does is it encrypts the whole line. Yeah. So uh, no one can see any plain text. No one can see any you know unless people like right, it does, but only. If you're providing doing secure data, sensitive data in the yeah. URL, then no, because people can log that. Okay. But the body content is secure. And there's no way it can be. Oh, sorry, I'm just. Re- I can see your notes now. I should have asked, but uh, it can't be reversed. That it can't that be. Encryption. No, no, no. I mean, I remember back in the day where you used to with browsers be able to fake. So I did it with my brother. He must love me. Um, <laughs> uh, you can fake, you can make a pretend SSL certificate on your own uh, on, on, on things. So you do a man in the middle and yeah. then he's the intent thinking that he's going to a hotmail or something, but really he's going to your SSL certificate <laughs> and then you've, you know, you're in between it. So yeah, so you could do that. But again, that uh, the browsers, you need to be able to have a signed certificate as well. So that's very hard to get. And if you self-sign, the browsers always pick up and say, whoa, watch out. I think the only one I had problem with, I think IE6 was the one that you could self-sign and it wouldn't kick up a storm. But I could be right. wrong. Maybe they've done added some patches in there. But yeah, okay. so yeah, so sniffing on unprotected networks is a very, very, very bad thing. Um, yeah. What you need to do then, so... A lot of people do this mix mode type thing, and or they they think, oh, you know, I, I what we're talking with you, Lou, with the uh, payment details is, you know, oh, what we do is, oh, as long as I'm sending when I send the details over, you know, like the login page, so the login script, the actual one that processes it, is in HTTPS, but the login page itself is done over HTTP, so that's bad because the person could actually 
inject code or maybe tamper with the form on that page saying, oh, your information should actually go to my malicious website instead. So it will never hit your HTTPS page and maybe just hit theirs. But because it's been plain text, they can see what's happened and they can manipulate it. So it's probably best practice to just HTTPS everything if you're on a site that you know requires that kind of security. Wow. Um, because other things like cookies and stuff, so the cookies, if they're not sent over a secure line, they'll be able to get your ID. So again, it's very, it's a lot harder attack vector. But you know, if I was on the same network as you, Mickey, and you know, you you're going through a, you know an unsecure line, and I sniffed you out with your cookie, I'll be able to take your session and be able to use it and pretend to be you. Presumably, there's some scary. some sort of trade off here, though, because I mean, otherwise, sites would just be using it all the time. I guess. So it's money and it's speed. Uh, it, there is a, speed, yeah, there is a speed. There is a speed uh, decrease, and also when you start getting into this load balancing thing, it's yeah. very hard because you need to have a, a, a gateway that goes in. So normally, what they do on these big sites is they have the front end gateway, which is the actual. You know, they hit that first, so and then they route, they route off all the requests, but they normally strip out the security then. So in the actual network themselves, it's unsecure, just in their own self-contained world. Then the, when it comes back out, they package it back up to go out. Okay. Because, yeah, so the, the cost of it. And also, I, I found it can be quite confusing to set up SSL certificates. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't know if you've not had any fun experience with trying to do it. It can be, especially in the debt where using stuff like cPanel can be a bit of a pain. Yeah, um, I was going to say, mine was, my experience was cPanel, and it wasn't too bad, actually. Um, but, yeah, it is a little bit confusing at first, I think. And another thing, so it, with the mix mode thing, is mixing HTTP and HTTPS content. So... We all load up, say, in our website. Say we've got a HTTPS uh, website, you know, and it's our login form, but we actually include a JavaScript file that's from an external server, such as Google. Now, if we say it only goes over to HTTP, we actually define HTTP instead of leaving that blank and letting the browser decide based on if it's what mode it's in. You're now using an unsecured file, which, again, the person can manipulate change and especially if they've got javascript they can edit the dom they can add listeners in saying if they type in you know so really the best thing to do is to do the the little trick that i learned in html5 boilerplate which is don't include the https or the http colon actual protocol just do a forward slash forward slash and what it will do is it will say oh whatever the actual current protocol is i'll be using that which is great because it means then if you're using a https connection it will try and connect through https if you're using http it will just do http Right. And there's Dennis. <laughs> I was going to um, say, can you guys hear that? I've got the door shut. But... That's all right. Um, and the other thing is bad cryptography and password protection. So one-way hashing algorithms that are meant for password, one-way hashing algorithms that are specifically designed, sorry, for password um, protection is a definite. Um, stuff like um, symmetric encryption is bad in the sense that if you if you don't need two-way encryption if you don't need to know what's come out of it then you don't have to worry um, but so I've kind of lost my track there or oh, is this stripe thing is over there you go boom yeah so it's over so, yeah so the stripe protocol just, is over yep. I just thought I'd have a, I'd have a little look in the code that I use to uh, to use stripe so yeah it does it's fine that's cool. Yeah. So, and then what you would want to do there, obviously, is then that page that you then get all that information on. You want to make sure that's HTTPS as well, just so no one then can and all of the all of the links and resources such as your CSS and all your jQuery stuff, all they go over HTTPS as well, just to make sure that that anything on that page is secure. Yes. Um, so yeah. So the symmetric encryption is the way to be able to reverse. Uh, so you encrypt the password, and then you're also then able to decrypt the password. 
Uh, that's great for certain things such as like cookie encryption. Um, but for stuff like passwords, you shouldn't have to worry and you don't want to be able to unencrypt the password. You, you know, you just want to make sure that what they typed in is the same as what, you know, the hash computed hash that came out when you actually stored it. So it's kind of working out where you want to use that encryption, you know, one way instead of two way. Um, and also another thing is poor choice, poor choice of keys. So in frameworks like uh, Codeniter and Laravel, you have the ability to add like a, you know, you have like a key, a seed key and, you know, making that as random as possible, not using dictionary words because people could then brute force this and work out what your encryption, you know, your decryption key is. Sure. Yeah. Um, and so the, de- yeah, so the defense is for that is also minimize what you store. If you don't need to store it, don't store it. If you yeah. don't want to know the gender of the person, you don't want to know the name of the person, don't store it yeah. or only re- retain it. So the retention window, only retain it for the window of time that you need that information. Do you need to store the person's, you know, uh, well, yeah, maybe their address, you know, a year after the sale went? Or do you need to store, you know, the, the user's credit card last four digits or something a year after? You're better off not having it than having the ability for someone to actually come along and break in and steal it. That's another good thing with Stripe. All that stuff is stored on their server. So they deal with it. Because yeah. I know that with the, if you do store pass, isn't it like the thing to store uh like credit card information you have to have two secure servers in different locations one stores the first half of the thing and the other stores the second half or some there's some standards that need to go through so yeah you're better off letting them handle that and you know absolutely definitely so that that that's the sixth one so that is a very good one to keep in mind of you know that and i mean the trouble is like a lot of the sites i make aren't money based so i you know http probably me saying https everywhere I don't know, do you, do you do a lot of your sites use HTTPS or do you still use HTTP? Anything for payment, yeah, definitely. And and we've got a few sites that are just just admin systems, really. But, um, yeah, they, those are definitely HTTPS, um, yeah, 100%. So the seventh one is one that um, I'm sure back in, well, I know I did when I was very uh, new to this, was it's called Missing Function Level Access Control. And it's a funky name. All that really means, and it's very easy to exploit, is that say you're an admin user and you make an authentic request to a website and, you know, and you log in and it logs in great. And then you get redirected to maybe admin.php. Sure. Now, the admin.php page, though, the attacker is able to sniff that or maybe they brute force it by using force browsing where they just keep checking all these locations I forgot to put in function level access control to see, are you sure? So once you've hit this page... Are you sure you're also an, uh, actually logged in? So the assumption there is that I already assume that because you know this location of this page, you have access to this page, which is wrong. Right. That's called presentational authentication protection, where you just, you know, you, you don't show the link. So, you know, like, author, you know, your role, it doesn't show in the UI. So technically it's hidden to the user. But obviously, if they are able to have some heuristics and work on it and have a little look to say, hang on a minute, you know, this person logged in and it redirected to admin.php that time. Maybe I could just see if I can go directly to that page. And if it still works, then obviously they haven't done checks. Yeah. Um, also, another thing maybe is you've got a page admin.php and you do a flag saying auth equal true or something. You know, <laughs> so it displays certain things if only if they're authenticated. All these things are like, you know, you think, oh, I would never do that. But they do come up and it's good to just keep an eye on and also test for these things. 
Um, yeah. So the, the force browser thing is definitely an important one with because uh, what people do is they enumerate over resources. So they just get scripts to check. Oh, by the way, you know, WordPress admin, check your admin areas, check your my ad, uh, PHP my admin, uh, just to see if these locations are open. I mean, uh, you know, stuff like the admin, obviously the PHP, the WordPress one, they have to have authentication for that. But things that you've only made yourself, you know, they go through a lot of names, admin, administrator, uh, and they'll go through these pages just to see, oh, you know, have you missed out any security on that page? Um, this this is definitely alleviated with frameworks and in the yeah. front controller ways because nowadays what you do is you then filter results, you know, uh, routes and say, look, all these routes that meet this criteria and you know, have admin before it have to be filtered out. But with the days where you just had includes and stuff, it was very easy to miss a page out. Yeah, yeah I was yeah. going to say, I mean, uh, this is, I'd like to think this is definitely one I'm not going to get caught up or caught out on because, yeah, I, I know for a fact that any any page in my CMS is covered because yeah, it all, it all, go it all goes it all yeah. goes through the same start off point like to one method and if it doesn't pass that method and you get chucked out anyway. I mean that's one of the great things of uh, you know these frameworks and the front controller is because of that you know you have that that ability and that you know knowledge safe knowledge that. Whatever gets hit is going to be wherever, wherever uh, locate route you actually want to hit. Before that, all these things are going to happen, and all things after it is going to happen. Not in the days of just having a PHP script where every PHP had to have a certain header and you know footer content. Mm. Um, so the defences for this are what we just spoke there, the front end controller, but also stuff like uh, define a clear authentication model. Use user roles, uh, define them centrally and consistent. So that, again, now because you've got the front-end controller, you, you can do this consistently. But, again, you know, have a, one central place where these are where the roles are actually happening. Um, also check for forced browsing. So make sure that, you know, you don't use the default framework. You know, to, you know like a lot of it is like, so you know, sometimes, I'm sure you've seen in your logs, I get it quite a lot, is people just, because they, they assume, oh, maybe it's a PHP website, they'll try and look for PHP My Admin or WordPress admin yeah. pages just to see you know they're there um it's good practice and you can and a lot of these actually change the location of those yeah or also even just include like ht access uh passwords on them so just a basic authentication as well just to add the extra security layer yeah uh, another interesting one is uh, default logging locations so with frameworks you know maybe in your debug mode you may forget to put it in debug, or you may just have it so it logs but you've uh, you'd leave it in the default logging location which could be open to the public yeah, and with login information, they can easily sniff URLs. They can check to see what's going on, and they get a lot more information that you don't want them to have because the more information they've got, the scarier it is. Um, one thing I have done actually, um, just recently, is use Selenium to replay test roles. So it's good practice, you know, like to test. Like if I log in as as this user with this role, I shouldn't be able, you know, these should happen, you know, and you can actually replay these actions on all different roles and different types of people user just to make sure that you know they can't click on this thing or access this route and that you know you will get chucked out and stuff and it's good to just automate that to allow you then to be able to quickly do an update every time you're changing things especially if you're updating the authentication model just to make sure that you know these things are happening what about sorry if you've already said this and i just wasn't listening but um like you know you're saying there that people might literally try and target things like php my admin or or admin or whatever could you change the port that that's accessed just because I think uh, actually with some of our um, like areas, like admin areas, we've got like uh, you have to supply a different port number on That's the end. That's interesting, so actually. No, I, I, I'm sure you could actually. I don't know whether you could do that. Well, you must be able to do that with yeah. Because you could say yeah. I think you could actually. That's quite a cool way of doing it. 
Thank you. Yeah, Thank I like that. Um, so, yeah, another thing actually is because so the defences on it is another thing you've got to be careful of is like APIs. Yeah. So maybe you know your facade of the application will only show that user's information, but the API is actually giving that the client all the information. You know, yeah. chucking out all the people and only displaying the one that is relevant to them. Now, the person could just access the API directly and get the information. So it's making sure that, you know, both areas are secure and that, you know, you're only giving the user what you really want them to have. Yeah, yeah. Sounds good. Okay. And then the eighth is cross-site request forgery. Now, does anyone else want to chime in on that fun one? I'm sure we've all had a lot of experience with it. It's basically, um, basically adding tokens to your forms, isn't it? Session tokens. So it, people can't submit your forms from uh, from an external source. That's it. It's, yeah, it's and stop attackers. Whatever. Uh, yeah, attackers requ- uh, forging requests. You know, pretending to be you in the browser. You know, saying yeah. yeah so it, it, the idea is, say, you've got a user, and the user then wants to. Um, so you've got an attacker, and the attacker gives a user a malicious link. And what the what that malicious link actually has in it, maybe, is there was a comp. There was a. There's an example. Say, like maybe. What you can do with it with your Twitter account is if you're authenticated and logged in, you can do a get request and you can just do a get and then you can actually send an email, uh, you know, an actual tweet out or something like that. So this malicious link has like maybe an image source URL or maybe it is posted and you do some JavaScript and it once the user gets that page back and actually calls it, they'll find out, oh yeah, the twit you know, current their current browser session, they are authenticated into Twitter. So then they're actually and it will send that request and actually do what that, you know, what that attacker wanted to do. Because what all the all the Twitter thing needs is the request that your the attacker is pretty much duplicated and mimics and forged, and also that authentication cookie that the user had. So um, to say at this point, I love the picture of the attacker that you've got in the show notes. It's like he's wearing a hat. So <laughs> he's automatically <laughs> and evil. An overcoat with the collars up. Definitely yeah. looks mysterious. You know, he looks like he's up to no good. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So yeah. You want to make sure that. Yeah, so the attacker wants you to go visit, uh, makes cross a page, even maybe if you cross write scripting, which is another thing, you know, add these levels on, uh, to try and make it so you make a request to a site with their forged, you know, request body that they wanted, uh, you know, to a, to the target website. Uh, Defences was, as Lewis was saying, was anti-forgery tokens. Yeah. Uh, the reason why it's so so common is because it's it's for predicted patterns, you know, uh, the idea is you want to add a token which add randomness to each of the requests, and that can be done via like maybe when you load up the page form, uh, there's a hidden input that the attacker does not know, and it's a unique session cookie pair, you know, saying that this person has this, you know, this session, and it needs that code for this one request. Um, yeah. That then allows you then, so the attacker then needs to know this beforehand, and of course they can't know this, so it's only when a user actually you know goes to this page and actually generates it can it actually work. Uh, that's a nice easy way of doing it, and it's actually a very good way of doing it. It works really well, and it does nullify it and stop it from happening. Um, I'm right in thinking that you, you don't need to refresh that, that session token every single time you visit a different page, do you? It's just for when you're on the site, a, a session token will be generated. Um, so, that- so I normally what I do is on each request, say like I'm on that page, I just generate a new ID that, yeah. like, for that request for that person, like on that only on that page, just for like security. But yeah, you could have it. So maybe when they log in, they say for this login session, you have you have this ID. You know, this yeah. is your your random ID for each form that you do. 
Yeah. Um, I suppose the only trouble with there is if it was HTTPS, no, it, just bog standard HTTP, someone could be able to sniff out your cookie and work out and maybe do something, but then actually maybe they wouldn't be able to. Only... No, I think, yeah, yeah, you could do it that way as well. It all depends on how much more processing you really want to do and how much harder you want to make it. Um, another thing to do actually is validate the referrer, which is kind of, can be kind of hit or miss because people can change it, but you can check to make sure that the attackers, obviously, if you're posting it on your page, the referrer will be the page that you are currently on in your domain. But if the attacker is trying to go on some funky website, you know, just adding you in as an image source or just, you know, using a bit of JavaScript, it's going to become from a different, you know, un- unknown external location. So it's good maybe just to check that to make sure it's coming from you yourself, you know, your own one. I was going to say, there's no way they could manipulate that, is there? I think you can in the browser, you, your request, you can say that Do you think there is? refer. Yeah, I think you can change it. You can oh, say right. your referrer is different or you don't have to include your referrer. I could be wrong. I'm have to. I'll have a little look and bring come back next week with that. But I have a feeling that, that you can't trust it 100. Um, percent Another thing, actually, a quite interesting one, and it's probably a bit too much, but is to say like um, activity login logging. So maybe when they log up, load up this page, maybe their bank details, and they want to, you know, uh, to load when you load up this page, you know, you're going to load up this image and these couple of things and stuff, and it's like. To actually be able to go through with the request, you just see, hang on a minute, you know, maybe have a time limit to say, how long ago was it where this person last upload, like, requested this image or something? You know, it's non-cache, so it will always be updated. Um, and then only allowing it then. So you're then 100% sure that that person had to visit that site and it's authentic request from them, not the attacker, to do it. Yeah. Nice, man. Mm. That's very thorough. Very thorough, indeed, Yes. Um, the ninth one is using components with known vulnerabilities. Cough, WordPress. <laughs> uh, word, Word, WordPress. So, yeah. Or, you know, any of these frameworks. Popular, popular software obviously is going to be found out to have, you know, bugs and stuff and be exploited. That's yeah. why, you know, people, the Windows world, you know, you have all this, all these viruses aimed at them because it's very popular. Um, again, these are these are just software like WordPress or Joomla or any other package on your actual bra- any component that's on your actual website and your web application, and it's becoming popular now because of what we're talking about dependency managers and all this package managers. You know, to be able to, you know, add and use a lot of you know software that a lot of other people do. Yeah. Um, you know, these things will circumvent you know circumvent your access controls. They may do SQL injection, cross site scripting, brute force attacks. So everything that you worry about for your program. Also, you've got to prepare that you know the person who's written this program that you're using, the, you know, this package has you know there could be a problem with theirs as well. You know, it's you know everyone's human. So the defenses for this are to, and it's a really good one. This is to identify and keep track of the components and versions you are using. And don't include components you don't need. That's the one I can't... You know, mm-hmm. not including components after components and just keeping them around. You know, they are they are a vulnerability. You know, if you're not updating them, if you're not keeping them up to date, if you're not keeping track of where, you know, what problems and stuff are happening, you know, like there's this thing called a CVE, which is the Comment and Vulnerability and Exposures, um, like, uh, you know, uh, postings that, you know, would say, you know, you need to check these for each of the individual, um, like, things you're doing. Uh, each individual sorry packages and each individual project that you're using just to keep an idea you know and maybe oh, i need to update now because there's been this known vulnerability um also another yeah, to keep components updated regularly monitor and re- regularly monitor new releases um 
Yes, yeah, so anything from there, like with the vulnerabilities? I don't know. Mick, uh, I, I stepped, I stepped away for a moment, didn't I? What, 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 what are you still on CSRF, or are you moved on? We are on, we are on good old components with known vulnerabilities. <laughs> I've missed, unfortunately, I've missed what you said. Oh, just uh, squeeze back over it, and then you can always edit it out. Huh? Squeeze. <laughs> I said squeeze. I don't even know what squeeze means. <laughs> So, I mean, go. What was Who's it you were saying that? about it? That's brilliant. Squiz. Squiz, yeah. Squiz, right. I was, I was, um, I just had breeze. to nip upstairs to shoot the breeze. Shooting the breeze. Oh, <laughs> no worries, Matt. Right, anyway, the, the, the tenth one yeah. and the final one is unvalidated redirects and forwards over uh, forwards overview. Uh, and this one is quite a, it's quite a simple one, really. The idea is that you have a page, maybe you have an ad page that, you know, you redirect the URL, but before you want to redirect, you want to make it so you know you know that they hit your, you know that that maybe that ad came along from yours, you know, just so you can log tally up ads. You see, this quite. I mean, we did this in the old company quite a bit, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. You know, like a couple of products. And yes, OTC yeah, and couple of stuff. things that were like you know for that. Um, obviously, what a, a malicious attacker could do, malicious attacker, he could or she could make it so they use your redirect page, they have your product, you know, your brand, they trusted brand of you, but then they redirect to a malicious site. Maybe one that, you know, provides stuff like, you know, malware or spyware and stuff like that. So, you know, it's the idea they're they're pretty much using, taking advantage of your name, saying, oh, you know, it's fine, it's from this legit source, to then redirect to their own site. Um, there are a couple of things you can do from this. Is It's not allowing full URLs to be redirected from your site. Um, you know, and whitelisting. Maybe you only want a certain amount of URLs or from a certain domain to be able to be redirected from your site. Uh, use indirect references. This is quite a cool one, which goes on from what we talked about last week, which is, you know, pass an ID to a redirect and not the full URL, which is probably a good way. If you're storing things in a database anyway, you've probably got the ID to the URL anyway. Just pass them the ID. They'll get redirected to the URL, but it will make sure it will go through your system and on the server side make that decision and not on the client side where they can manipulate it. And also another thing is to just check the referrer because so, you know, this person's going to, the idea again is that, you know, these links that you're providing on your site, the referrer to that will be you, your website. If someone's going to copy and paste it, maybe you only want them, you know, these links to be actually redirected and referred if they click on it on your site. If these get shared around maybe, and then the attacker obviously can do some manipulation. If the referrer is different, you know, it's outside the scope of what you want to be targeted, then only allow the redirects that you, uh, you know, that you allow on for your site and not for everyone else's. Yeah. And I think uh, I've bored everyone to death. Well, <laughs> not at all. You did like an amazing for a job. It's just, it's one of those issues. Again, it, it's a bit like, you know, when we talk about web hosting, I guess it's like one of those issues that's actually, no, that's, that's an unfair comment. Cause it is a really interesting. It's comment, fun. But, yeah. I've, I've really yeah. enjoyed it. Like I think, you know, it is it very interesting to see what people can do. And I mean, yeah. uh, the last thing I'll say is I've found two products online that I'll post on the, uh, in the show notes. And one's called web Reaver, which is a, is a, um, a alpha product at the moment, which is just for a Mac. And the other one's called OWASP's Z attack proxy. And these are products that you can you run against websites to check for problems. So I may have run and checked problems, you know, for all four, all three of us, sorry, speaking today. Um, I had a couple of uh, header issues. I, I had found some issues with both yours. Well, mine's flawless. Similar what are you talking about? The only one problem with your both that was, uh, was of a concern is the fact that you allow directories to be viewed. Really? Well, hang on, which one of mine did you do, Ed? 
uh, Al Kane's web developer blog. Well, oh, that's a uh, CI oh, oh. site. I'm <laughs> sure it's only assets that gets um, displayed, isn't it? Um, if you go to like CSS, if you go to all of it, you can go to any links and you can view okay. the directory structures. You just need to disable them. You can do that in HD Access for Apache. I was going to say, if it's in, and most of the other stuff I've used Codeigniter, so I know you can't do that. Oh no no no! It, it this, is, be... uh, this is uh, this is this uh, is Octopress, isn't it? So I didn't even think of that. It's just, it's it, it's of interest. Yeah. Sorry, have either of you two been hacked? No, no, not Touch before. Wood. Wow. Have There's you... nothing really to hack on my blog site. I've only well, written one post. That, so fill your boots, just... anyone who wants to have a go. <laughs> <laughs> Come have a go if you think you're hard enough. Um, yeah, I came back to my site one time, and it's just like a uh, what do you call it? Like a skull and crossbones. Really? Um, yeah. How, how did the how they do it? I. I must have been. I think it was a form somehow. Maybe uploaded, some, yeah. Uploaded something, executed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't anything serious, thankfully. That's uh, another thing we actually should say because we predominantly do a lot of testing and learning new technologies. And our, you know, maybe we're making a form, you know, and we made a form on our demo site. Like we've got our own workplace, workshop area, or our website, you know, and we don't really care about security because we're just showing it, you know, just testing ourselves. Those areas are probably good to be locked down because those are ideal places where the per- someone can come in and it's unprotected so yeah especially in the yeah. development when we're, when we're doing our own testing and stuff our own playing around with new technologies making sure those areas are locked down instead of being able to just open up to bad attackers yeah yeah can't believe he's tried to hack my site that's uh well i just i just ran it through the security thing and it was fine yeah, other than yeah. that directory thing that's the only problem um, yeah all I'm but, saying is that me and Lou are going to come out of your site tomorrow. Fist <laughs> yeah. of Fury. Flawlessly. You, Mike will have run that through an HTML validator as well before you know it. Oh, no, you don't <laughs> want to do that. that you're that you're going to find out exactly how many... Uh... <laughs> oh, who, was it, who was it you did that to again, Mike? Uh, that guy that follow on Twitter. Um, Seth, somebody? Seth Ladd, I think it is, of Dart. I yeah. also think he's probably a, a really big fan of the show. So he's uh, probably a nice guy as well. You're just probably uh, is. Probably you is. know so what just... happens. You know your enemies become friends so easily. So yeah, oh, word of warning: don't get don't get on the wrong side of uh, of, of our friend here. <laughs> another another pro- actually because there are a couple of other projects um, that I, ha- I haven't had the time actually to go into, so I won't actually mention them by name yet. Just so you know, recommending something that's not good, but they're they're similar. They've got like SQL injection attacks. And they do those type of attacks, which is quite cool. Again, it's quite cool just to run them over your site. I mean, it doesn't cost you anything. It doesn't spend, you know, waste much time. You just run over it just to check to see. And it, it's good practice just to keep an eye on it. And I'm definitely going to, after this, doing these last two weeks of this, I'm definitely more in tune now with what yeah, to yeah. look out for. It's been a bit of an eye opener, to be honest with you, even like this episode. But, um, yeah, it's pretty scary. But I guess I think I did hear a little bit of your podcast where – you were talking about um, that you didn't want people to be put off and scared. Yes. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. Wow. So I saved myself there. Um, yeah, and I guess, <laughs> you know, like even today I'm thinking if anyone's listening, probably this is enough to terrify them. But uh, I guess a lot of this stuff, you know, they they really need to get clued up on for money transactions, anything like that, and anything where you're uh, storing people's details, I guess. Yeah, it's, but, re- it's really just the more you know is good, yeah. you know, and – you know, it's better off knowing a little bit more about this, being a bit more hesitant than being so blasé. Because once it's online, it's online and anyone can access it. Sure. Um, yeah, so it's it's an interesting topic. And especially session management, session ID. That that was the one last week I was quite interested in, where, you know, regenerating sessions, because I've never done that before. And I really yep. should have. So, yeah, definitely some interesting stuff there. And I hope I haven't bored everyone. And Not at all. On. 
Have you got a quiz? I'm just waiting for the quiz. I have no quiz, no, because I've just been completely like focused on the actual content. I know. How boring is that? Um, I'm yeah. trying to think if I can actually think of any quiz related. Well, because to be fair, though, last week, you know, it's very hard to do a quiz with just two people. Oh. Especially if, you know, we don't have Michael Budd listening to us. Some people just aren't committed, are they? <laughs> no, you did an amazing job. It's really interesting, man. So, uh, yeah. I think that has taken us over the hour mark, right? It has definitely. It has definitely. So we should probably wrap it up. But you said you had a couple of picks that you wanted to bring oh, to the well, those, those are the ones. So uh, oh. the Web Reaver and the Z Attack Proxy. Um, okay. I expect my site to be hit a lot Guys, the next couple you, of days. Have, have, you, have you got just 10 more minutes? Yeah, yeah. Because what if I told you I've just found a, uh, a web application security quiz? <laughs> oh, go for it. And we'll all do it together. Yeah. Yeah. A- anyone oh. that, that wants to stop, this is a, just a note now. You know, Ed, The next 10 minutes will be wasted podcast material. Ed, Ed, Ed can, you, um, can you keep score? I can, yeah. I'll read the questions out and then I'll, I'll play genuinely. I've got it in front of me here and uh, okay. we'll see how we go. You ready? Right, okay. Question one, impact, uh, input validation should be based on A, whitelisting, B, blacklisting. Whitelisting. Uh, Mike? He's, he was very confident, so I'm going to go whitelisting. I'm going to say whitelisting as well. So <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that. S- submit. Oh, it tells us at the end. So, Ed, write down what we all... Oh, it would help if we really knew what it was at the time, wouldn't it? But never mind. <laughs> anyway, uh, your application sets a cookie with a secure attribute. What does this mean? A, the cookie cannot be accessed by JavaScript. B, the cookie will not be sent cross-domain. Or C, client will send the cookie over only over an HTTPS connection. Only over a HTTPS connection. Yeah. Yeah, that's me, that me well. too. That's, yeah, that's got to be pretty straightforward, isn't it? Hopefully. Yeah. Uh, which of the following is used to prevent clickjacking? HTTPS connection, X-frame options, HTTP header, or content security policy, HTTP header? I go for the second one. Yeah, I'm going second good. one as well. Well, I, so I am I because I, I set I that on the uh, on my uh, Nginx setup today because it was complaining about it. The frame one. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Uh, question four: Your web page includes advertising JavaScript from a third-party service. Is it safe to assume that problems like XSS caused by this third-party JavaScript is not technically possible on your web page? No, it's not Answer. safe to assume. Answer. Also, Yes, if you validate the JavaScript before you deploy oh, it on your page, or no? No, just no. Never trust it. Yeah, I'm going to go with Ed. All right, I'm going to all right, I'm going to I'm going to say yes to be controversial, but I think it's no. Okay. So, okay. Uh, all all SQL queries can be made safe using prepared statements. So we talked about this last time, didn't we? Uh, yes, yes. If both the server and client support prepared statements. Or no, dynamically created uh, specifiers like limit, etc., need separate validation. See, I was going to ask this question today, so I'm glad you've asked this question. But I'm going to go with, I'm going to say, yeah, they're always safe. If, I, think, I think they're always safe. Yeah, yeah. It was either yes, the first one, or the second one was yes, if both the server and the client support prepared statements. It's interesting though because I know that limit in my SQL PDO, the limit has a problem. So. Yeah. That's interesting. It always, but yeah, I'll go with the first one as well. Okay, so we're all going yes for that. The session ID must be renewed after a a client logs in, b a short idle period, i.e., thirty seconds, or c any privilege level change. Oh, is there multiple clicks on this? 
Uh, no, it's all radio buttons. I think it should be the third then out of all those that's the most important. But really, so, I would do it after login as well, just to make sure. Well, I'm going to say login for that. Uh, I want the last one. Yeah, the, privileged. The privileged yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was going. I should have. St- could, could you just remind us what the last one was, please, Mike? Uh, option C. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'll skip that one. That one's boring. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that one's... Do we all get a point for that one? This is great podcast material. <laughs> Yeah, should I just skip to the end and see how we did on the? No, first? no, is there any good other good ones? Okay, your web secure your web server supports secure HTTPS connections by design. Which of the following is the best way to make sure a client will not accidentally request a page over non-secure hey. HTTP connections? Okay. Uh, a redirect all requests for port eighty to port four four three. B completely close port eighty. Or C use HTTP strict transport security. First one, 8443. Yeah, I think the first one as well. I I genuinely don't know that one, so I'm going to go with the majority. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Skip that one. You might have to edit the gaps while I'm trying to find the decent questions. You you know I won't, but yeah, we'll we'll pretend Uh, like I'm going (laughs) to. You can catenate and hash two inputs, input one and input two, with SHA-256 algorithm. Is it possible that the order of the inputs fed to the SHA-256 function may have a direct effect regarding security of the hashing? Yes. Yes or no? Or Well, yes, A, yes, or no, security-wise, it does not make a difference with SHA-256. I'm confused. So, so what does it mean? So you, you're passing in two values concatenated together? Yeah, so um, basically it's SHA-56 with passing in input 1, then input 2, Versus SHA-256 passing in input 2 and then input 1. Oh, yeah, 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 it would be a massive difference. Yes. I did say yes to start off with, to be fair, that wasn't Oh, saying yes, yes. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I was thinking it must have, wasn't it? Okay, uh, that's a bit boring, you don't need to know that one, that's not relevant really, <laughs> says me. Okay, uh, you are running Apache and PHP server, PHP runs as an Apache module, uh, add that question's not written in English. Sorry. Okay, we'll go to the next one. That's we can talk about that actually because the module. So doing the module is kind of scary a bit because you're literally clo- you're on top of the Apache threads. So you're using their threading. I mean, it's it is secure still, but it is not as good practice as using its own like PHP FPM fast process management. Um, hello. 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 Yeah. Do you do you want me to to go back and read that question over there? <laughs> That's you, right. Oh, oh right. yeah. For me, really good. Uh, you are running. Ah, right. You're running Apache and PHP server. PHP runs as an Apache module. Which is add handler php five script dot php. Uh, you allow certain users to upload avatar images in PNG format. Avatar file name is allowed to contain characters A to Z or zero to nine. Is it safe to assume that you are secure against PHP code execution launched via uploaded files? So you're only allowing, you're whitelisting saying they're only allowed to have... A to Z or 0 to 9. Yeah, I think you'd be alright then. The options are yes if I make sure the file name ends in PNG, yes if I reject files that do not pass get image size, or no further consig- or no, comma, further configuration is needed on the server side. So, oh, I think the third one then, out of those options... I think no, uh, you'd need more. 
You know what? I have no idea. So I'm gonna the no server configuration is uh required. Yeah, I'll go with that as well. Okay. Um and that's pretty much it. So should we go to the Go for it. How how bad are we at web uh, security? Hold fire and I will tell you. This is when the page cr- crashes out and the session's been uh, timed out because we've been on this page too long. I've just skipped that. Uh, quick view answers. So what did we do? So we did question one. So input validation should be based on, and the answer was whitelisting, which I think we all went for. Uh, your cookie, your application sets a cookie with secure attribute. What does this mean? Our answer was client will send the cookie only over an HTTPS connection. So that was correct. Which of the following is used to prevent click jacking? That was X frame options HTTP header, which we got. Yeah. Uh, uh, question four, it just tells me that we got it wrong, but it doesn't tell us what the right answer was. So what was the question again? <laughs> Your web page includes advertising JavaScript from a third-party service. Is it safe to assume that problems like XSS caused by this third-party JavaScript is not technically possible on your page? Oh, oh yeah, because I remember them saying that if we if we validate it, so yeah, I suppose if you validate it then, but I thought, never trust it, but anyway. Oh, hold fire. Uh, maybe I can get it on this page here. Tell you what, this just shows you how good my quiz was, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, what is that noise? The answer is no. Yeah, well, we said no. No, we said yes to that. Oh, Ed. Or did I? Oh, no, that's where I was being controversial, wasn't it? Ah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the client will execute the JavaScript if it is told to receive the requested page, and there is no technical proof that the JavaScript is not malicious. Yeah. Naturally, it is not feasible to check the JavaScript before every request the client makes. Yeah, just never trust him. Yeah. Anyway, I think I think we should stop there. And we just get an idea. There was a few funny questions in there. It was a, yeah, a bit yeah. of fun. That's Probably cool. just chop that bit out if you like, Ed. No way. <laughs> no, it in. It's all going it in. Was, it was an off-the-cuff qu- off quiz that I found that maybe uh, needed a bit more. Oh, good we, material. We, we all needed good, to prepare a bit more. Awesome. All right, guys. I think we should probably wrap it up then. Yeah, um, sounds good, uh, man. Yeah, is there anything that we need to add before? Well, we I suppose we, we've actually got a bit of a plan for the next couple of weeks. Um, we Fraser should be back next week. We may be missing a Lewis. Yeah, possibly. Lewis may be possibly missing, but we will be hopefully doing fr- web frameworks. Introduction to web frameworks should be quite interesting, especially when we talk about it a lot, but we don't seem to actually bring up the topic itself. So, Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. Uh, like I say, we should have uh, Mr. Hart back next week, so it'll uh, spice things up a little bit. And, uh, yeah, we're talking about frameworks, if all stays the same yep and uh yeah so thanks for listening guys and we'll be back next week all right bye 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 you've been listening to three devs and a maybe you can contact us at contact at three devs and a maybe dot com or follow us on twitter at the number three devs and a maybe